Thanks for tuning in to our weekly message. Be sure to visit our website, weareheartland.us, to find out more about the ministry and all of our upcoming events. Well, hey everyone, it's great to be with you again this weekend. I'm so glad that you've chosen to join us today. And I want to give a special shout out to all of the Heartland Watch parties scattered all over Dane and Dodge and Columbia counties. You all are doing church the way the very first Christians did church 2,000 years ago gathered together in someone's home with a group of people who are there to encourage and support each other and then who wanted to dig into the teachings of Jesus and wrestle together through how his teaching gets lived out in our current context. Last week we kicked off a new teaching series and one of the things I've heard from so many of you is that you never want to go camping with me. So sad. Um, no, last week we kicked off a new teaching series called Plot Twist and we said if the year 2020 were a book or a movie, it would be one that is filled with plot twists. 2020 has been, for so many of us, filled with ups and downs and crazy events that seem to come out of left field, shocking changes, and the need to flex and turn on a dime. It has been the epitome of a plot twist, if any year ever has been. But as we're going to be reminding ourselves each week in this series, life is not a burden to endure, it is a story to live. Life is not something that we were designed to just survive. We were not placed here to just buckle down and wait out our time until we take our last breath. We've all been given a relatively short amount of time, and we don't know how much time we've been given, but whether it's 10 years or 100 years, we don't want to waste our lives. Your life is not a burden to endure. It is a story to live. It is an adventure to experience. Your life as a whole will be filled with successes and setbacks, joy and sadness, victory and defeat, love and heartbreak, and that's okay. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we mature. That's what God uses to shape and mold us into the women and men that he has created us to be. 2020 is a chapter in your life's story, and 2020 is a story we are all going to be telling for the rest of our lives. Last week, to begin the series, we talked about how the events of this year have left so many people feeling lost, unsure of which way to go from here. You feel stuck, and you'd rather just freeze where you are rather than move in the wrong direction and get yourself even more lost. But what we are reminding ourselves of and what we were reminded of ourselves of last week was that we have all been called by God that you have been called by God on purpose and for a purpose. The Apostle Paul touches on both aspects of your calling when he writes this in 1 Peter 2.9. He says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. You may have started the year feeling lost, but if so, God wants to add a plot twist to your story, and with him you are able to move forward into the rest of this year knowing that you are a cherished child of God and that you have been given a purpose to point other people who are lost to their creator as you declare his praises with your life. Today, I want to talk to those who are not so much feeling lost as much as you're just feeling stressed out. 
Of course, stress is the body's reaction to adversity or a difficult or scary situation. And when you feel stressed, your body releases hormones that trigger the fight or flight reaction and your body goes into overdrive and it seems like everything goes up. Your heart rate increases, your breathing quickens, your blood pressure rises, and your muscles tighten up. That's why it's so hard to get a good night's sleep when you're stressed out, because the last thing your body is prepared to do is rest or relax. That's literally the exact opposite of what your body is trying to do by going into overdrive. Interestingly, there's actually three different types of stress. The first is eustress. And eustress is actually a good form of stress. It's what we feel when we go on a roller coaster ride or a zip line. It's what we feel in anticipation of the first day on a new job that we're excited to start or the first date we're about to go on with someone who we think is the bee's knees. Yes, I just used the term bee's knees. And no, I have no idea what it means, but I do know it's supposed to be a good thing. Acute stress is another form of stress that in some ways can be a good thing as well. Acute stress comes from surprises that need a quick reaction. For example, let's say you're driving down the street in your neighborhood in your car, and all of a sudden a little kid runs out into the middle of the road after a ball. Without thinking, you immediately slam on the brakes, and even after you know everyone is fine, it still takes you a couple minutes to calm down because your body is flooded with adrenaline and those stress hormones. Acute stress goes away relatively quickly, and there's no long-term consequence from it. Chronic stress, on the other hand, is almost never productive or beneficial. It occurs when we are living in a situation that causes us to feel the symptoms of stress day after day after day after day. There's an infinite list of things that can cause you to carry chronic stress, from a stressful home environment to a stressful place of employment to literally a million other things. But you probably don't need me to give you much of the technical description of chronic stress. Many of you know what it is because you feel it. You experience it firsthand. And some of you who are listening today experience it firsthand all the time. For others of you, you might not have carried much chronic stress throughout your life, but this year it's different. This year you have felt more stress than ever before. And I would put myself in that category. I don't carry a lot of stress with me most of the time. I have a great marriage. My kids bring me joy. I feel a deep connection to God and with a few friends. I love what I do. But the last six months have been more stressful than just about any six months I've ever experienced before. It started when COVID shut down my kids' schools. And like so many of you, I went from dropping my kids off at school five days a week, wishing them well, and then going off to do whatever I needed to do, to suddenly being trapped at home with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Not only being there with them, but also being expected to teach them algebra and the periodic table of elements, both of which, as you can imagine, I use all the time in ministry. Well, you see, sir, the reason you feel so distant from God is because the periodic symbol for iron is F-E. What? Exactly. Now, let me be clear. I think that we have great teachers, and I am so grateful for them. I want to support them and our administrators however I can. In fact, I got invited to serve on a task force that will be redrawing the boundary lines, deciding which neighborhoods will go to which schools in the future. 
And I'm so happy to serve on that task force and do whatever I can to, to help serve and support our school district. So please hear me. I am not blaming my kids' teachers for my stress. I'm blaming myself and the fact that I am a terrible homeschool teacher. And I think many of you can relate. On top of that, of course, COVID has forced us to close the doors of our church. I don't think this will surprise any of you, but I never had a seminary class that taught me how to lead a church during a global pandemic when the church isn't able to meet in person. Talk about stress. In 15 years of full-time ministry, I've never experienced anything that came even remotely close to being as stressful as this season has been, and it's not going away. Just day after day after day asking, are we even to the point where we are able to make a decision on when we will reopen yet? You know, we tried to reopen once already, but then we had to cancel the reopening last minute. That was not fun for me. I did not enjoy that. That was stressful in a bad way. And I know from conversations with people in our church that I'm not alone. I know that so many of you are carrying more stress in your body and mind than in any other season of your life, and it is wearing on you. That's real. That's not imagined. That stress really does weigh you down, and over time, it really does take a toll, no doubt about it. Not only that, but we're reminded in the New Testament that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but that there is a spiritual war going on below the surface. So it's probably an understatement to say that 2020 has been stressful. But there is some good news. Jesus did use the word easy one time. Not to describe life. In fact, he said, in this life you will have trouble. He did not use the word easy to describe our calling to lead other people to him. What he actually said about that was that he was sending us out as sheep among wolves. And how do sheep go among wolves? Very carefully. But he did say, my yoke is easy. Actually, let's look at this whole statement. Matthew, in, uh, in Matthew one of Jesus' 12 disciples, records this for us in chapter 11 of his gospel account where Jesus said, quote, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As you read the four different gospel accounts of Jesus' public ministry, we see that over the course of those three years, Jesus was constantly put in what we would label extremely stressful situations. He had become famous, which in and of itself had to have been stressful. Everywhere he went, people followed him. Everything he did was under the spotlight. Nearly everything he said was recorded and written down and analyzed. People constantly wanted things from him. Jesus knew that many times people didn't want to be near him because they wanted a relationship with him. They wanted to be close to him because of what they thought they might be able to get from him. Jesus did not only make friends. He offended people. A lot of people, in fact. 
And it wasn't like they were just extending grace to him when they were offended. Jesus was constantly having to handle conflict, and ultimately people wanted him dead, and he knew it. I can't even begin to imagine how stressful that must have been. And yet, through it all, Jesus modeled a spirit of inner peace, an easy yoke. Wouldn't that be nice to have for you right about now? A yoke is a wooden beam that is used to link two oxen together when they pull something like a plow. It's placed high on their shoulders at the base of their neck, ironically the same place where we carry our stress. In Jesus' day, the law that was given through Moses to the people had come to be known as God's yoke. And one of Jesus' greatest frustrations was the additional yoke the religious leaders of their day put on top of the people as well. That yoke, the yoke of the Pharisees, consisted of way more rules and regulations than God had ever meant for His people to carry. Alternatively, Jesus said, come to Me and you will find rest for your souls. Notice, though, that Jesus is not the giver of the easy life. He is the giver of the easy yoke. Another way to put it would be, easy does not come from the outside. Easy comes from the inside. Easy does not describe the problems we will face. It describes the strength from beyond ourselves with which we are promised we will be able to carry our problems. And what we find is that if you work to cultivate easy on the inside, You'll be able to handle all sorts of difficulty on the outside. But if you aim at having a life that is easy on the outside, it will always be hard on the inside. And if the story you are living right now is one of stress and anxiety, I have some good news for you. God wants to write a plot twist into your story. God's invitation to you today is to begin living with a spirit of internal ease which will allow you to handle outwardly everything that this year wants to throw at you. That's the invitation of Jesus' easy yoke. The question you might be asking is how? How, John, do I experience Jesus' easy yoke internally in the face of so many things externally that naturally weigh me down with stress and anxiety. How? That's a great question. And that's the question I want to try to answer in the time that I have left today. It won't take me more than an hour or two tops to explain it. I'm kidding. But to answer that question, I do want to start with an analogy that I'm sure many of you can relate to. When I was a kid growing up, I loved to play sports. And one of the sports I enjoyed playing the most when I was a kid was basketball. In fact, the very first dream that I can remember having for myself was to one day play basketball in the NBA. And I was growing up in the golden era of Michael Jordan. So I wanted to be just like him. When I joined my first basketball team, whose number did I represent? Yeah, Michael Jordan's. Whose shoes did I wear on my feet? Michael Jordan's. And when I stepped onto the court, whose performance did I match? 
Steve Urkels. Yeah, I wanted to be just like Mike, tongue hanging out and all, but no matter how hard I tried in those games at the local YMCA on Saturday mornings, I was simply incapable of performing the way he did each night under the lights. And while I couldn't understand it at the time as a little kid, the reason is obvious to us as adults why I couldn't. Michael Jordan did not become an amazing basketball player simply by trying hard to imitate somebody he looked up to during the games. He became an amazing basketball player by working tremendously hard towards that goal for decades. Year after year after year, Michael Jordan laced up the shoes, walked into the gym, and put in the hours necessary to become the type of basketball player who was capable of performing under the lights when the game was on the line. And we find this to be true in all arenas of life. That our ability to perform successfully in the moment is largely dependent on the level with which we have prepared ahead of time to be able to do so. I feel like that's worth saying again. You know, I feel like maybe I should even put it up on the screen here so you can take a picture of it. But let me say this again. Our ability to perform successfully in the moment of crisis is largely dependent on the level with which we have prepared ahead of time. Jesus understood this and modeled the truth of it for us perfectly. Dallas Willard writes about this in his book, The Spirit of the Disciplines. In that book, Dallas points out how when we read the Gospels today and we see the level of inner peace that Jesus was able to maintain in the face of so much outward difficulty, we see that light burden that he carried. We see that and are envious of that, but when we do, we fail to recognize what Jesus had done ahead of time in preparation that gave him the ability to maintain that inner peace when the heat was turned up. Maybe we assume that just because he was the Son of God, he was able to maintain an easy spirit when put in extremely stressful situations. Like maybe Jesus didn't even have to try because he was the Son of God after all. But that's not the case. While yes, he was fully God, Jesus was also fully human. And he did not get a free pass from needing to live a life that cultivated closeness with God the Father. And as a result of that, developed the inner peace that allowed him to handle difficulty on the outside. We forget that Jesus grew up in the seclusion of a small town. We forget that by age 12, he had already studied the scripture so deeply that he was able to challenge the greatest minds of their faith at the temple while on a trip to Jerusalem. We forget that after that, he returned home and spent another 18 years in preparation, and that even after receiving the baptism of John the Baptist, he spent another 40 days alone in the wilderness, fasting and praying in preparation. Not only did Jesus prepare ahead of time, but even during his three-year public ministry, we are told that Jesus was constantly going off on his own alone so that he could be out of the spotlight and away from the people for a period of time, which would allow him to spend time alone in prayer and in seclusion with God the Father. So going back to our original question, how do you experience Jesus' easy yoke internally in the face of so many things externally that could easily weigh you down with stress and anxiety? 
To answer that, I want to read a quote from Dallas Willard, somebody who is much smarter than me. But in his book, Spirit of the Disciplines, this is how he would answer that question. He says, In this truth lies the secret of the easy yoke. The secret involves living as Jesus lived in the entirety of his life, adopting his overall lifestyle. Following him cannot be equated with behaving as he did when he was, quote, on the spot. To live as Christ lived is to live as he did all his life. We make a tremendous mistake when we think that we can live the vast majority of our lives just like everybody around us, but then thinking that when the world throws difficulty at us, we're going to be able to handle it with an inner peace simply because we asked for our sins to be, be forgiven years ago. Unfortunately, that doesn't work any better than it did for me to stick out my tongue like Michael Jordan and think that I was going to be able to dunk a basketball. This white man can't jump. Doesn't work. So if you want to be able to experience this plot twist and go from a life of stress and difficulty and move towards a life of peace with an easy yoke and a light burden, we have to learn to walk with Christ day in and day out. And the cumulative effect of doing that is that we become more and more like Christ. And as we become more and more like Him, we will naturally become the type of people who are not as easily stressed. Like the old proverb says, when is the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When is the best time to trade in a heavy yoke for a light yoke? A long time ago. But even if you didn't do it a long time ago, there is hope. Every plot twist does have a beginning. And you can begin a new chapter in your story today. If you've never made an actual concrete decision that you want to follow Jesus and trade in your heavy yoke for Jesus' easy yoke, the first step in your new chapter is to begin there. You simply receive that salvation from Him. You accept that new life. You are, quote, born again, as Jesus said one time to a man named Nicodemus. You can't earn that. You don't deserve that. You simply accept that. And you say to God, God, I recognize I am sinful. I believe that you sent your son to die on a cross to pay the penalty for my sin. I, I ask for your forgiveness and I receive your salvation. You get baptized and then you begin to actually follow Jesus. To live as he lived day in and day out. And if you've already crossed the line of faith, you probably already understand some of the daily practices that Jesus put into place in his own life. The gospel accounts tell us that Jesus spent time studying God's word, not just reading a verse or two and then moving on with his day, but really internalizing God's truth day in and day out. We're told that, that Jesus went to the synagogue, quote, as was his custom. That means that Jesus went to church consistently. That going to corporate worship was part of how he lived on a consistent basis. He spent time serving other people. 
We know that we are never more like God than when we are serving or giving. Again, for God so loved the world, He gave. Because God loves, He gives. Maybe most of all, we know from the Gospel accounts that Jesus spent tremendous amounts of time alone with God the Father, separated from other people. He went off alone to quiet places where he had the time and space and margin to pray and to listen to God. If Jesus was walking the planet today in our culture, I am extremely confident that one of the things he would make a daily practice today would be to have some time every single day when he turns his phone off and wouldn't allow any external notifications to buzz his attention back to the world around him. Jesus fixed his eyes on things above, not on things of this earth that stress us out. And so if you are carrying a heavy yoke with you today, I want to encourage you. Jesus offers you an alternate ending, a plot twist where this next chapter of your story has more inner peace than the previous chapters had. And I will be very honest with you because I will never shy away from telling you the truth. Things on the outside of you might not get any easier, but it really can be easier on the inside. I believe that with all of my heart. And I want that for you so badly. So let me ask, what steps can you begin to take today to live as Jesus lived, knowing that as you take those same steps, that as you put into practice those things He put into practice, God is going to meet you where you are, and He is going to fill in the gaps where you are lacking, and He is going to empower you in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. He loves you, and He has an easy yoke that He is waiting for you to accept. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the invitation of an easy yoke. Lord, that offer has maybe been never as appealing as it is this year. And so Lord, I pray for everyone in our church family who is tuning in today that is carrying the weight of a heavy yoke. Lord, I pray that they would they would trade that heavy yoke in for your easy yoke. That they would live a life the way you lived, engaged in the daily practices that allow them to cultivate an easy yoke and a light burden on the inside so that they are able to handle difficulty on the outside. And Lord, I pray that as we do that, it would be glorifying to you as a watching world takes notice. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. Join us online for our full Heartland service on Sundays at 9 a.m. and our community chapel on Wednesdays at 7 p.m.